Shall we pray? Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that you rule and reign in the affairs of our lives. We thank you for your healing. We thank you for your deliverance. We thank you for your sustenance and your provision. We thank you for qualifying us to see another year, another month, another day. We thank you that you have not given up on us. We thank you that you love us with an everlasting love. And we pray that may Christ alone be exalted in our discussion tonight. In the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. We thank God for yet another day. We are so glad and we are so blessed to have another time to share fellowship with his word. And as long as God has qualified us to see another day, we will continue to work the works of him who has sent us while we are in the day season of our life. Because definitely the night season of our life is going to come where it will all be over. So God says that we should continue, continue. Do not lose heart. Do not get tired. Do not grow weary, but continue. So we are continuing what we have been studying for the past four weeks on seven prayers to pray for the year 2023. And it's something that God wants us to consistently do. Prayer topics that God wants us to consistently, continuously, uninterruptedly pray in this year. And it's basically being alive unto God. Papa Paul in Romans 6, the verse number 11, teaches us something and says that, Likewise, reckon ye yourself to be dead indeed to sin but alive to God in Christ Jesus. And we have been perusing the concept of what it means to be alive to God, what it means to be alive to someone. And we learned that from biology, biology teaches us seven characteristics of a thing qualifying to have a life. So to be alive to God means to be able to demonstrate these seven characteristics in relation to God. And that is movement. So in terms of biology, that is movement, reproduction, sensitivity, growth, um, respiration, excretion, and nutrition. And last week, we looked at growth, a permanent increase in size and dry mass. But the key word for our discussion is a permanent increase. God wants us to increase. No parent will be happy if after three years, after four years, the child is still breastfeeding. And we ended on the note that will be linking us to our prayer topic for today, on the fact that one characteristic of a child is that you are tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. So one thing that God wants us to move away from constantly in this year is that we are not tossed up to and fro by every wind of doctrine. We are always unstable. You know, just I think today or yesterday, I saw something, somebody tweeted something, and the person said that you would think children are your best friend when you're having gifts until the gift you are having finishes or somebody else comes with another gift. So maybe you go and visit your nephew or your niece and you come with chocolate and or toffees or whatever. And they are all over you playing with you, happy. But immediately that toffee gets finished. Or immediately somebody appears with another toffee. That child will abandon you, forsake you, leave you. <laughs> and it's as though you never existed. And that's what it means to be a baby. You are unstable. And for many of us, we are really unstable in our Christian life. And we looked at that. So if you have not listened to it, kindly go back and listen to it. The fourth prayer that God wants us to pray, that is growth. And we end on the fact that even if we look at churches or ministries, every ministry that has had a lasting impact has always been a teaching ministry, not a miracle ministry per se. Every ministry that focuses on teaching, 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 teaching is a ministry that always outlives 
outlives his generation. Paul calls the church in, in Paul writing to Timothy so that you to teach the people how they should conduct themselves in the church. And he explains what the church is. He says the church, which is the pillar and the ground of truth. That's why whenever you listen to sermons or yeah, sermons or go for a program, the minister always says, join a Bible-believing church. I think we should add join a Bible-believing and teaching church. And that is leading us to our next topic for the year 2023, which is nutrition, feeding, to be alive to God. It means that you feed on the word of God. You know, in Matthew 4, verse 4, Jesus said, A man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Father. There's a component of man that feeds on bread. The body component of man, the physical component of man, feeds on bread. But there's a part of man that feeds on the words that proceeds, that comes out from the mouth of God. And to be alive to God, it means that you live on the words that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And if you look at babies, that's all they do. They eat, they swallow themselves, they run around, they sleep. They eat, they swallow themselves, they run around, they sleep. Now, even if you look in the animal kingdom, if you look at the animals, basically they do about only three things. They eat, they sleep, and they give birth. That's all that they do. So many times, whenever I see a pet or I see an animal in the cage, I always feel so sad. I say, ah, this is your life is very boring. Because all you do is like, just eat, walk around in your cage. Ah, sometimes I see some monkeys that have been um, that have been tied to a rope and are hanging on a tree. And I'm like, hey, so you the whole day you're just on a tree, moving from one branch, and the branches are like three or four branches, moving from one branch to another, one branch to another. And if you look in the animal kingdom, that's what they also do. Even animals who are in their natural habitat, that's all they do. They eat, they sleep, they eat, they sleep, they eat, they sleep. At the point they give birth, eat, they sleep, eat, they sleep. So basically, life is all about eating, sleeping, giving birth, and missing moving. And last week, our first episode, we explained why you move. You move because of food. So animals move from one place to another in search of food. They move to avoid um, predation and they move to look for a mating partner. So yet again, food and reproduction is involved. So tonight, we are looking at these two. So we are combining these two into one. But the main one is nutrition. God wants us to feed on his word. And the prayer that God wants us to pray is a desire for the word of God. And last week, we quoted 1 Peter 2 verse 2 that as newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the word of God desiring the word of God. You see, the word of God is the only mechanism, not the only, the word of God in combination with prayer and fellowship is the mechanism that's ex- The word is a key mechanism or a key channel that establishes people. Now, let's look at the life of the disciples. These were people that saw Jesus do wonderful things, turning water into wine, healing blind bacterials, um, um, stopping issues of blood, raising the dead, performing wonderful things. These were disciples that they themselves were given their authority to do wonderful things. You know, when Jesus sent the seventy, they came back to him like, hey, devils listen to us. But these same people, they easily abandoned Jesus. In fact, they fled. They fled from Jesus as though he never existed. And you should realize how quickly these people, and the interesting thing that Jesus himself told them that even when he was going to Jerusalem, he told them that this they are going, they are going to kill me. So you think with all the warning and the information this was given to them, it would somehow um, um, encourage them that like, the man knows what he's doing. There's a plan somewhere. But they easily forsook Jesus. And when Jesus resurrected, before that, Peter was there and he was like, Charlie, I'm hungry. Let us go fishing. And James and John followed him fishing. And Jesus appeared and Jesus said, little children, cast your net to the other side. And when they did, they caught a bumper harvest. 
and immediately Peter knew that it was Jesus. And he, Bible said that he took up his robe. You can imagine that he had let down his robe. You know, mostly they wear some boxes or some. I don't know what they wear in those days to enable them to do the fishing. And he ran to Jesus. And by the time he got to the shore, the man already had fish. But the interesting thing Jesus said was that, "Do you love me? Feed my lamp and feed my sheep." Feeding is what the sheep and the lamp they need. And that is what you also need. The reason why many of us, despite the miracles, the signs and wonders that God has done in our lives, that we have heard people testify of, we are still not stable Christians. Because the Word of God is the mechanism, the platform, the channel that stabilizes Christians. That is why a church that does not emphasize on teaching God's Word to the people, but it's always one deliverance session after deliverance session, one miracle service after miracle service, they will have members that are like the disciples of Jesus. But ministries, but people, churches where they have believers who have been taught the word of God, who have been taught the, what, what Paul calls the first principles of the oracles of Christ, who have been taught righteousness, who have been taught about prayer, who have been taught about the Holy Spirit, who have been taught about forgiveness, who have been taught about maturity. These are unique type of Christians. And in fact, these are Christians that even give the most as compared to Churches where there are always signs and wonders. Because these people, they will leave you when the next big thing happens. When the next, in quote, man of God comes or somebody else comes and begins to show something, they will leave you quickest. What establishes the believer, what will establish you in God, is feeding on the word of God. So Jesus told Peter, lovers thou me more than these, feed the sheep. And he asked him three times and said, feed the lamb. So we are sheep and as lamb. Your desire should be feeding on the word of God. You should be like a baby. Eat and eat and eat and eat and eat. That's all that babies they do. They eat, they saw themselves, they sleep. They eat, they saw themselves, they sleep. And they cry. Eating on the word of God. And then God is saying that in this year, he wants us to pray consistently that God should increase our appetite, our desire for the word in all forms. The word of God by reading of the Bible consistently. The word of God by reading of good Christian literature books. The word of God by listening to podcasts like you are doing. The word of God by listening to sermons. You must expose yourself to the word of God. I always say this. You should always have either an earpiece or a mechanism. Your environment should be arranged in such a way that you are naturally exposed to the Word of God with least effort. When I was on campus, I always had a radio on. And in the evening before I sleep, it's on a particular channel. So by the time I wake up, I just on my radio whilst I'm bathing and preparing for lectures. It's a Christian radio station. So either they are doing a certain morning devotion or they're having a worship or they're engaging in Christian discussions. So by the time I'm, 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 I'm on my way to lectures, I've already heard God's word. Sometimes I have my earpiece, I'm listening to a podcast or listening to music. You must make that deliberate effort to surround yourself with the word of God. You must be deliberate about it. But I think that most of us genuinely do not love God's word because genuinely our love for God is questionable. So there are many people who are giants in prayer. And the reason why they are giants in prayer is because they have physical stamina to stand in prayer meetings for long. So especially on campus, you see so many people who could stand in prayer for two hours, three hours, but immediately they leave the university, immediately they leave that certain fellowship. It's as though they were never believers because they were shallow believers. Their lives were light. So Paul tells us that let the word of God dwell in you richly, richly. Many of us who have been in the faith for so long, 
but we cannot even discern between good and evil. We did that last week in Hebrews. Paul said that, but strong meat belongs to those who are matured, who by reason of use have exercised their senses to discern between good and evil. You have been in the faith for 10 years and you are struggling to hear the voice of God concerning issues in your life. Your word life is very porous. You can't explain simple concepts. Maybe you are at work and, and there's a discussion going on and you can't make any meaningful contribution because you are so shallow. Immediately you say something and somebody refuses it. You're unable to sit people down and rightly divide. Tell them this and this. You Paul said this, Peter said this. This is how you are unable to do it. That is why for many of us, we fall in the day of temptation because our strength is weak, Proverbs says. And if you faint in the day of trouble, if you faint when in the day of trouble, it means that your strength is weak. And for many believers, especially in the African church, our faith is very weak. Because for many of us, we are just looking for one miracle after another, one anointing oil after another, one powerful man of God after another, for one encounter after another. When what we should be looking for is the words that proceeds from the mouth of God. That is what feeds your soul because man shall not live. That is what you live by. That is what your spirit lives by. But because your spirit is malnourished, many of us have been in the faith for several years. So Paul, Paul himself said that we speak the wisdom of God amongst those who are matured, not the wisdom of this world that comes to nothing. Some of you, that's why Paul said that he went to talk to the Hebrews about Melchizedek. But when he saw their faces, this is how Jesus is greater than Moses and the whole tabernacle is about Jesus. When you look at their faces, it's actually visible, they didn't, they didn't get it. And how Jesus was after the order of Melchizedek. And then we have a lot to say, but since you are dull in here, the same thing he told the Corinthian church that by this time people are still arguing that I belong to Paul, I belong to Apollos. You see, these are what light who are tossed to and fro. I belong to this. I when there is fractions and division, you cannot understand mature things. And if you have been in the faith for a number of years and you are unable, the Bible said that when for the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that somebody teach you again what it be the first principles of the doctrines of Christ. There comes a time in your Christian work where you must be able to disciple people, where you must be able to prepare a discipleship pamphlet for somebody, a convert, and take the person through lessons, teach the person about prayer. Teach these are the things that you might be able to do if you are somebody who feeds on the word of God. That is the only thing that will make you stable in life. Peter saw the transfiguration of Jesus. He saw Jesus light up. He had a voice. He even said, Let us make tents, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. Despite all his encounters, it was just one night and he abandoned Jesus. That is why, for many of us, when that marriage comes true, or when that marriage does not come true, when that job comes true, or when that job does not come true, when that baby comes true, or when that baby does not come true, when that healing comes true, or when that healing does not come true, then we will see what we are, what our Christianity is really made of. What our Christianity is really made of. And the only way you can stand is when you love the truth and you feed on the word of God. But for most of us, we don't love the truth. Paul said that in the last days, many will gather unto themselves, teachers after their own lustful desires, who will tell them things that they want to hear. They have itchy ears. Many of us cannot be told the truth. Many of us cannot be told the truth. So many of us, instead of feeding on correct, balanced diet, we are feeding on other things. But God is saying that in this year, the only way you can genuinely invest in the Word of God is when you have the desire for it. And God is saying that, pray, give me the access to work in you, both to will and to do. 
according to his own good pleasure and his good pleasure is that you would enter into his word this year 2023 that you will stop depending on mediators because the bible said in first timothy 2 verse 4 that there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Jesus Christ. Stop letting your man or God or your papa or your mama or your prophet or your whatever be another mediator. Jesus is already the mediator. He wants you to be able to delve into the word and prepare notes for yourself, prepare sermons for yourself, not to go and teach somebody else per se. But you should be able to write a study on prayer. You should be able to sit down and prepare your own notes on prayer, on the Holy Spirit, on this. But these things, if you do not genuinely desire God and His Word, you will never do it. Or you will never have the energy or see the need to do it. So the question is, do you? Do you? Do you love Him more than this? If you do, as a shepherd, you will feed the sheep. And as a sheep, you will love when you are being fed. Sometimes when you go for something, when they, uh, if I say when a big man of God comes into town, maybe a minister from another country, a big minister comes. The reason why many people are there is because they are fed up with this guy. He does science and wonders, he prophesies and this. But people are not genuinely interested in the teaching part. So they are just waiting for him to finish talking and start prophesying and start doing show. That's what many people are interested in. Sometimes you look at how disinterested people are in the church when the teaching is going on. I know sometimes in my church, you see how who can be sleeping, but let them start playing music. Let them start doing some announcement or some something else. They just automatically come alive. Many people are disinterested in the Word of God. Many people, many believers are disinterested in the Word of God. In fact, it's the most boring aspect of the service for them. They are just waiting. But yet still, these are people who serve in the church, who have been in the church for long, but they genuinely do not desire His Word. Forgetting that the Word is the surest security of establishment, the surest security for that breakthrough you need. The psalmist said, the entrance of your Word bringeth light. And remember what John said, that when the light appears, darkness cannot comprehend. The reason why darkness is still comprehending in our lives is because we have never entered his word or we don't have the attitude of entering his word. Poverty is, is, is synonymous to darkness. It's in darkness, sickness, failure, all this negativity that we are looking for healing and anointing to chase. Entering his word will bring you light. And immediately that light comes, every darkness in your life expels. So one of the greatest channels for deliverance is to enter his word. It will bring light. And every shackles, every bondage, every addiction will lose its power. Because Jesus himself said that you shall know the truth. And the truth automatically has a ripple effect of setting you free. So the reason why we are not free financially, we are not free maritally, we are not free socially, we are not free emotionally, is because we have not encountered the truth which comes from feeding on his word. We have not encountered the truth. Because immediately you encounter truth, the liberty, freedom is assured. Freedom is assured. Freedom, financial freedom, is a guarantee for anybody who encounters the truth. So many people are in church and have been in church for a while, yet still they are battling with one darkness after another because they have not encountered the truth. But when you know the truth, the truth will set you free. It's automatic. It's automatic. This is the truth 
that Martin Luther encountered, that set him free from condemnation. So Martin Luther didn't have to go for deliverance or nothing needed, no, nothing extra needed to happen. All that he needed to do was to encounter Romans 5 verse 1 and 2. That gave him the truth that he has access to God because of Christ Jesus and that liberated him. And in fact, he liberated the church from what we call the dark ages, an encounter with the truth which is found in God's word. So God is saying that this year, genuinely desire my word. And when that desire grows up, you will find yourself entering his word. You will find yourself making deliberate attempts to expose yourself to the word of God. So many people do not like his word. They just interested in show. So as you ask, they will say, look at the, the, the attendance that go to church. Look at it when it's a prophetic service, when it's a teaching service, when it's a prayer service. And even if it's a prayer service, look at the title. When the title of the prayer session is something powerful in quotes, people would come. But Acts said, so mightily grew the word of God and prevail. If you want the word of God to prevail in your life, allow it to grow mightily by consistently feeding on God's word. To be alive to God means that you live by every word that proceeds out of his mouth. And the only way you can do that is if you have a genuine desire for the word of God. Last year, how many Christian literature books did you buy? And those you bought, how many have you read? And for some of us, this stuff is alienated from us. It never occurs to us to buy a Christian literature book. It never occurs to us to listen. Like, it, it doesn't... It, like, it, it's so... Like, it's unheard of in your life. For many of us, we have never listened to a full sermon before. For many of us, we have never downloaded a podcast. We don't have times where we just sit down with a Bible and your notebook and your pen and you are just studying on anything, on David, on Elisha, on prayer, on the... You have never done that before. Your Christian life is very hollow and shaky. That's still a game. And God is saying that... If you are to grow, you need to feed on his word. You need to have a genuine desire for his word. The desire that Martha had. That whilst the sister was going up, the desire that Mary had rather. Whilst Martha was busy going up and down, Mary chose the right thing to sit under the feet of Jesus. And there are many martyrs in the church. But one thing is necessary. And Mary has found it. And she said, it shall never be taken away from him. Never. Never be taken away from him. So as I said, for this prayer topic, we are combining two in one. So the one is to pray that God should give us a genuine desire for his work. And we are combining the next characteristics of life, which is reproduction. All of us have an innate desire to give birth. And maybe it may be more pronounced in females as compared to males, but everybody has that desire. Even in the animal kingdom, as I said earlier on, all they do is to eat, sleep, and give birth. That's all they do. <laughs> Basically, that's all they do. Reproduction is an innate desire in every living organism. So to be alive to God, it means that you reproduce with God. And that basically has to do with soul winning. And I believe, I don't need to throw scriptures and explanation on you why intercession should not depart from your prayer list. Let's look at something in 1 Timothy. I think it's the first scripture we are literally reading. Let's look at something in 1 Timothy chapter 2. There are so many scriptures about this, but let me just give you one at least so that you know it's inside. Now, Paul is telling Timothy, Pastor Timothy something. He said that, I exhort therefore. So Paul is giving an exhortation. <laughs> you know, when they come for any exhortation, they come and say, Be fear not for God is with you. 
that's a powerful invocation but this one is also another exhortation that i exalt therefore that first of all first of all first the first thing and you see first always have a certain preeminence paul didn't say second of all or third of all or last of all he said first of all like the way we say wisdom is the principal thing the first thing and the same way we say seek ye first the kingdom of god the first thing now paul is telling us something in relation to prayer he's saying that first of all supplications prayers intercession and thanksgiving be made for all your needs no for all your wants no on the head of your enemies no he says for all men for all men for all men and i would say that if the last two years has not taught us anything it has taught you that when you hear that there's a disease in china begin to pray when you hear that there's a war between two countries begin to pray for many Ghanaians, when you hear about corona in fact, we didn't even hear about it. And for those who heard about it, they're like, oh, okay. Until in March, when we noticed that our borders were closed and before we realized we were under curfew, because something that happened as far as China, nine hours or whatever ahead of us in terms of whatever the time or however they call it. And at the beginning of the year 2022, we heard that, oh, Putin has arrested Ukraine. For many of us, we did not care. But if you were somebody who lost your job because of COVID, who lost a precious relationship because of, of, of the Ukraine war, who lost a business, whose plans could not materialize because of the state of the country, because of basically, as they are saying, COVID and the war, you would appreciate that next time you hear that Uzbekistan is doing something, you will rise up and pray. <laughs> and you see that, it's, it's, so, it's so hard to, to, to teach these things because people are just selfish. It's so hard to see people being genuinely concerned for others. So sometimes saying these things is like everybody's just looking at you, you that talk and let's go. But for anybody who genuinely calls himself a Christian, intercession for all men is not something that you need somebody to come and convince you with many scriptures. Look at our prayer meetings. And we are in the month of January. Look at all the fastings and prayers. Almost every denomination or church is doing some sort of 40 days fasting or some sort of fastings. How many of them are intercessions? When Paul is telling us that first of all, supplications, so he's given us all the kinds of prayer, you know, in Ephesians, that praying all kinds of prayer. So he's given us some supplications, so prayers, so intercessions, so the prayer of thanksgiving be made for all men. Reproduction, you must be an intercessor. Every prayer giant in this world was an intercessor. All the new we call prayer giants or marshals or generals or whatever, none of them were praying for themselves. People like Charles Finney, people like the Apostle James, who was believed to be somebody who was also in prayer. People who prayed that their hearts shifted from positions and all. All these people were not praying for themselves. What at all are you in telling God? Every day is only you, yourself, and your whatever. Intercession is an integral part of your prayer life. That is why in the Lord's prayer, he starts with our father not my father jesus is telling you that enter into your prayer room with the consciousness of every other person our father our so when you say our father your mind should enter the our mode first of all supplications prayers intercession and thanksgiving be made for all men and i was giving some people that classify under the all men for kings and all who are in authority for kings and all who are in authority, that we may live a quiet and a peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. Look at the verse 3. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. 
So when you go to Romans 12, that we may know the good and acceptable will of God, He's giving you one good and acceptable will in it that you will pray for all men, especially kings, that is in our terms, presidents or prime ministers, and all in authority. Your <laughs> just imagine, I know, just imagine how awkward it is to go for a prayer meeting and you are praying for your, your assemblyman, <laughs> you are praying for your district chief, maybe you are a lawyer, you are praying for your, your boss, not because he should increase your salary, but you are praying for him. You are praying for your, your area, your whatever, council leaders, your your, <laughs> your market women heads, your taxi union drivers, the drivers, their union head. These are things that you will never see in a, in a prayer session. All our prayer sessions are going to go there. Now verse 4, who would have all men to see, see the all coming again and come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Jesus Christ, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. Wherefore, I am ordained a preacher and a pastor. And we end it on here. All men, you need to pray for all people. You need to be genuinely concerned for people. There's no other way I can say it. And I hope I don't need to say much to convince you. But intercession. I wish me personally, I believe that your prayer life should be 45% intercession, 45% thanksgiving. Then you'll be left with what? I think 10% or the 5%. 10%. Then the 10% maybe 5% your personal needs. Then 5%. I don't even know what again I'm doing this. Those who I will think. 45 minutes intercession, 45 minutes thanksgiving, or 50 minutes intercession, 45 minutes thanksgiving, then 5% for your personal needs. Personally, that's what I think. And in the year 2022, we did six prayers for 2022, and the first one was that we'd be like Daniel. And I gave the story that Daniel was a vice president. He had, he was an Enoch, he had no family. He was um, an old man, 85 years old around that time. So what I thought was Daniel praying for? Because vice president, he had no needs. He didn't need any breakthrough. He didn't need any law. He didn't need anything. As the vice president of the most powerful nation, he didn't need anything. But he had still the mountain and three times every day, as he always used to do. And if he was around the age of 80, 85, so for about the time he moved to Babylon, let's say, he doesn't even make it age 20, for about 60 years, three times every day, Daniel was praying. What do you think he was praying for? In the verse 9, the chapter 9, sorry, we are giving a hint. In chapter 9, verse 3, Daniel said, And I and Daniel understood by the books the days allocated for Israel. And he was talking about a prophecy he read in Jeremiah. So Daniel came across the prophecy of Jeremiah that after 70 years, Israel should be released from captivity or Israel will be delivered from captivity. And just because of what he read, this guy set himself up prayer and fasting for 21 days. It was that prayer and fasting. That's when the angel uh, Michael came to him and said that the prince of Persia withheld him for four days that Michael had to come and help him. This guy was not praying for himself. And this was an old man. What did he care about? Whether Israel will be delivered or not? He was the vice president of Babylon. So why would he even pray that Israel should be delivered? Because he was already a vice president. But just because he read, he came across some pamphlet. He came across a prophecy that Israel should be delivered after 70 years. And it was around the 66th year thereabout, or the 68th year thereabout, 67th, 68th year. That's when he came across the prophets. So imagine, maybe one day you are reading and you see that, hey, Ghana is supposed to be a world superpower by 2030. And you say, because of that, I'm fasting and praying. How many of us can genuinely do this thing? 
but an old man that who had no business praying for Israel set himself to prayer and fasting for his nation. You must pray for your church. You must pray for your pastor. Like you, like when you are going to pray, you must add that to your, the way you are going to pray for that Lord in the year 2023, I want to marry. I want a job. I, you must add, I'm praying for my pastor. I'm praying for my fellowship in church, my choir. These are things that you must do. So to help you do that, one of the things that God wants us to pray is that every month, pick one person or one association and say, and pray consistently for them. So at the end of the 12 months, at least there are 12 individuals or 12 groups that you'll be praying for. So amidst praying that you have a desire for the word, have one person that interceding for every month. Maybe you can start with a family member, maybe a family member, I don't know, please, maybe struggling with something or somebody who's looking for job or who's looking for marriage or anything. Maybe you can start with a family member at least so that you would increase your appetite. Then the next day, go to somebody in maybe your work or if you're in school, your class, a particular meet that maybe you just have a burden. And God, because when God will give you a burden, but because most of us, we don't care about people, God has never laid a burden on our hearts to pray for things. God will not come and tell you because God is not a gossip. If God is coming to tell you about somebody, He wants you to pray. But the reason why God has not speak to us is because we are not interested. All we want is my car, my job, my wife, my baby, my husband, my job, my dear applicant. You are successfully bound. That's all most of us are concerned about. But the second month, take somebody at your work and pray for the person. The third month, take somebody at your church and pray for the person. The fourth month, take your church and pray for a church. Take your pastor and pray for a pastor. If you are in a choir or you are in the prayer department or you are whatever, pray for them. The sixth month, pray for your nation Ghana. Pray for your nation Ghana. Pray. The next month, we pray for the people. Pray for these are things that should not sound weird for you. And these are things that God wants us to consistently pray in the year 2023. So tonight is a two-in-one prayer that God should genuinely give us a desire for his word. And when we pray that, the Bible that he will work in us both to will and to do. So the reason why you'll be able to read and invest in hearing, in feeding on the word is because you have the desire. And take somebody that is here. So the month of January is never too late. Pick up one person and begin to invest prayer to the person. That every day, as you are praying that you be sensitive to God, as you are praying that you would grow, as you are praying that you would move when God asks you to move, as you are praying all the six other topics you are praying for, as you are praying for your wisdom, you are praying for your job. In fact, first of all, so start the prayer topic interceding for somebody. That is the first of all. So in your prayer topics, put that person first. Maybe it's your church. You're always complaining. Your church maybe what so, so there's no life in the church. People are living there. That is what you are, you are called to pray about. And I'm believing God that you will move in response to His word in the name of Father Jesus. Amen. So shortly, let's speak to God. Tell God to give you a desire for His word. That God should work in you both to will and to do. God should increase your desire, your appetite for His word. Because when that appetite is there, you will move heaven and hell to satisfy that desire. The Bible talks about the son of, of David who desired his sister Tamar and that he had to even fix sickness just to get the sister alone and he raped the sister. That is what desire can cause you to do. And we're asking God, give me this type of desire for your word. The word that I need to live by, your word. 
that I would invest in buying Christian literature books and reading them. I would invest in listening to podcasts. I would be invested in learning about your word, not about breakthrough, not about deliverance. And about and we are praying all sorts of family prayers, destroying people. We are like James and John in Luke chapter 9, verse 54. James and John saw people mocking them as they were entering Jerusalem. And they said, Jesus, shall we call down fire like Elijah? And the Bible said in verse 54, I believe, that Jesus turned in verse 56, 55, sorry. Jesus turned and said, Hey, you, you don't know which spirit you are of. So those family prayers are praying, <laughs> like Elisha prayed. Jesus is correcting what Elisha did. That Elisha is not your, your destiny, your father. You have a father. And I've come to show you the accurate image. The things God wants to pray is a genuine desire for His will, to enter into His world, the entrance of His will. In Psalm 109, you can pray all the prayers, dear Father. They said, I love your testimonies. Father, may we love your testimonies, for they have made me wiser than my teachers. I love your testimonies, for they have delivered me from evil, from peril and destruction. Father, may we love you in the name of our Lord Jesus. And secondly, Father, may we genuinely be concerned for other people. That's throughout this year, every month, we will take one person, one entity, one organization, and we will constantly pray for the person. Thank you, Lord, for tonight's discussion. Thank you, Lord, for reminding us on two things you want us to consistently pray for in this year. In the name of our Lord Jesus, amen and amen. Be a burning barrier this year. Bear people's burden. But when you hear, like when you hear gossip, when you hear that somebody is in your school, somebody is full of exams, somebody is in a terrible relationship, somebody is messing up, let them move you, somebody is backsliding. Me, but for new friends, when they go to Europe, that's the end of their Christian work. Father, may I be genuinely concerned for these people and pray for them. And I'm hoping that you too will be genuinely concerned. Thank you for being with us. And next week, we look at the last topic that God wants us to consistently pray for in the year 2023. I believe your year is going great. We are praying for you. At least I am praying for you and we are all praying for you. It was something that God has told us to do as reproduction. Remember, we are still giving God our best and we are owing no man nothing but love. See you next to God and have an enjoyable weekend. You never lose your job. Bye. Four.